Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. It was a horrible game tonight. The Orlando Magic beating the New York Knicks 107 to 89. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. Alex, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. What, what, what are we going to talk about in this podcast? Crap. I thought you had that figured out. Um, no, we probably we should have discussed it before. I guess we'll talk about the, the game. Um, we'll talk about Julius Randle, who still played really well. Uh, and then maybe we'll talk about rotations a little bit and just about, you know, a really kind of a stinker night for the whole bench. So, yeah, that, that sounds about right. So we'll get into that next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. Don't I know it? But don't worry, because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep you deserve. CBDPM blends melatonin and other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA and check out. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. All right, I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster in non-pandemic times. Though, Alex, I just, I actually, I just got a work email from from the company I do games for. So we're getting, we're getting ever closer with the rollout of of the vaccine uh, to to some sense of normalcy. Maybe, maybe only a few months out. Anyways, on that depressing note, I'm Gavin Shaw. He's Alex Wolf, the editor in chief of the Strickland, a website that has kept a lot of Knicks fans sane. Uh, during these tough times. We might be having on a great Strickland writer tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. Alex, how's it going? Uh, hell of a night. Uh, emphasis on hell. It was it was probably the worst game of the season, but I, I think you, you made a good point in our uh, Locked on NBA group discussion. It, it's nice that tonight was both an anomaly and a disappointment because in past seasons, this just would have sort of been another podcast for us. Yeah, I mean, we're reaching that point of the season now where, you know, if this was like last year or the year prior, we would have been like, all right, well, I'm tired of doing this at this point, just showing up to work again. <laughs> and, you know, with this particular episode, I don't think we're going to go super long, but, you know, it is it is nice to know that, you know, the Knicks have had a couple stinkers like this this season and, um, you know, they tend to bounce back really well from them and just tend to be a pretty resilient and well-coached and competitive team most nights tonight was just not that night. And I don't even know for sure that they were, uh, you know, doing that poorly. It was just kind of a, like a situation where they just couldn't hit shots. It wasn't like, 
everything ground to a total halt. Um, it was, I don't know. It just, it sucked. It was, it was not fun to watch. Like they, you know, Randall got off to a really good start. You were thinking, okay, you know, things are just going to come easy for Randall again. He was on pace for like, uh, I think he had 13 points after the first quarter. So, you know, on pace for like 52 after his 44 point night the other night. And you figured, you know, that probably wouldn't hold up or whatever, but you know, he might do uh, some stuff. And it, he still had a good night, like 25 points, seven rebounds, three assists, uh, 11 to 19 shooting, three, seven from three. Although all three of those makes came in the first quarter. And, you know, then RJ Barrett had a pretty good game, 15.7 boards, five of 11 shooting for him. And it got to the free throw line five times. It was, uh, it was just kind of, I don't know, like RJ was nailed to the bench going down the stretch, which, you know, we'll talk about the rotations. Maybe we can talk about that now if you want to. Like the closing rotation for this game when the Knicks needed to get back into it didn't really make any sense to me. They had, to be fair, the starters coughed up what was a pretty favorable situation uh, in the the third quarter. I mean, they they were only up, I think they were only up by like three or so at the half. Uh, And then that turned into a magic lead in the third quarter, which... You know, that you don't want to see uh, if you're Tibbs and whatever. And so I'm sure that he was understandably kind of perturbed because the starters just didn't come out playing good basketball. But then the bench kind of came in and played even worse basketball and just couldn't hit anything, which was a continuing trend from the first half. And yet the lineup that Tibbs went to up until, you know, past the point of no return already in the fourth quarter was uh, he went with quickly Rose. Did he? Did he? Was no? I don't know if Rose. I don't think Rose. It was end of the third or start of the fourth. Yeah. Sorry. It was quickly Burks, Bullock, Randall, Noel was the lineup that they mostly closed with. That ultimately just couldn't do anything and lost the Knicks the game Uh, because Reggie Bullock like barely even shot the ball. Uh, One or two for the game. Oh, one from three. Alec Burks was three and nine for the game. Uh, quickly was one of 12 and oh four from three probably I mean it, it wasn't a testament to how he was playing or anything but it was definitely his worst game as a pro just by the fact that he couldn't hit anything in this game um but yeah Gavin I don't know it just the rotation kind of bothered me a little bit it seemed like I would have just put at least RJ out there like when you're trying to when the game wasn't totally out of hand yet you know they were down by like eight you know, they could have reasonably come back. And then all of a sudden they were down by, I think, like 17. Uh, at one point, end up losing by 18. And, you know, that was basically it. So, yeah, I don't know. Not too much more to say as far as game flow is concerned. Yeah, I know. I wrote down in my notes um, near the end of the third quarter, uh, Tibbs kept starters in too long, may have cost the Knicks the game. Let's see what happens. And then, to your point, the bench, the bench was somehow... Worse. Um, I, I was saying uh, a podcast or two ago, what happens with Derrick Rose when the shots uh, stop falling? And we, we we got our answer tonight. It looks it looks really ugly for, for this version of Derrick Rose when, when the shots stop falling. Only had two assists, did have six rebounds. Um, I, I thought he played this this whole game with uh, with tunnel vision and not to again like I, I never want to do the thing where where like IQ is like above reproach, but I think he he would have gotten he wasn't getting some of the easy shots he's been getting 
for the last few games that Rose has been getting for him. And the same was true for Obi Toppin, who took two threes in in absolute garbage time. Like one was literally like when everyone else stopped playing in the final four seconds. And outside of that, didn't take a shot this whole game. And I think, I think how the two rookies do is a pretty good barometer for what Derek Rose's impact is. And he, he completely, completely struggled in this one to your point quickly after who who got off to a really nice start when he, like he came in and immediately um, drew a foul, got two free throws, next possession, got fouled driving to the rim, another two free throws. And I, I was thinking, you know, that's usually a sign that we're going to get one of those great quickly nights when he, when he starts just piling points up at the free throw line. Did finish seven for seven from there, but didn't get a bucket until the closing minutes of the game when he stripped Michael Carter-Williams in midcourt, came down for a dunk. But you, you could tell it was a night where he just lost confidence and was out of rhythm. It was a little reminiscent for me of earlier in the season where he was passing up on some open threes and he would he would just kind of wait an extra second and then wouldn't quite have time to get it off after hesitating and, and then forced up some that he probably shouldn't have shot. And I think as he continues to play more and more minutes, you'll see that problem kind of go away and he'll continually get a better feel of when to shoot and when not to shoot. Though, um, as uh, again, possible uh, future guests on this podcast, uh, if I'm remembering uh, last name correctly here, Benji Ritholtz uh, pointed out on Twitter, um, I, I think it's a big step from Tom Thibodeau that he kept quickly in the game, even though he was shooting horribly. And I hear the point that Peyton was actually having a pretty good night. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have hated it if he threw Peyton back in there. But I, I my preference was that quickly, you just let him play through those moments because he, he is a better overall player than um, than Alfred Peyton is. And I especially like it when he gets time with Julius Randle. And I, I was saying that in the first half. Anytime those two run a little two man game, I'm sort of just. I'm sort of on the edge of my seat. I, I just feel like something's good. Get it? Something good is going to happen. And, and again, whenever people have those all-star debates about Julius Randle, you always have to note that he he is one of the harder jobs offensively out of any alpha in the NBA. One, I would say one of the three or four hardest. Like Jeremy Grant is the is the all-star candidate that I think has a com- comparably difficult situation. He's operating in a phone booth, game in and game out. When he's quickly in there, and, and they're on the same side of the floor. All of a sudden, there's that extra bit of space where you can't really double off of quickly. So I, I was glad when those two got minutes. It wasn't enough for the Knicks tonight. It did drive Randall to some good moments down the stretch in this one. But yeah, Alex, maybe maybe the biggest takeaway of the of, of Tibbs's rotation was the refusal to put RJ back in. He said post game, um, essentially said like I didn't really think RJ was the guy to spark us. And outside of the Pacers game to open the year, we haven't really seen RJ get kind of prolific shooting or scoring the basketball. So I, I, I sort of get the rationale, but you you, you got to play defense too when you're coming back. And RJ's two-way play, and, and the way he was, frankly, the way he was shooting tonight certainly warranted him being out there. So that was that was a little curious, especially when Rose wasn't good and particularly Alec Burks wasn't very good. Yeah, I'm with you, Gavin. And I think that's a good point to end our first segment on. Do you want to tell everybody about betonline.ag? Oh boy, do I want to tell people about betonline. My favorite place to spend some money on sports gambling. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. I'm a longtime uh, reality bachelor participant, Alex. Uh, it, it is it is not quite as good as fantasy football, but it's 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 pretty fun. So I, I love, a, love a betting website that gives me the option to participate in stuff like that and, and bet on idiots on reality TV to my heart's content. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
Um, you, if you put some money down on the Knicks just continually missing their next shot, that would be a cool live betting uh, option. You would have made a ton of money tonight. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to produce your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and we're back. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Gavin, of course, I'm sure tomorrow Peter Bukowski will only be talking about how Julius Randle still looks like an all-star. Right. I don't I don't think he's gonna talk about anything else in regards to this game. At least I hope not. Uh Randall, as we already mentioned, twenty five points, seven rebounds, three assists. And Gavin, like the rest of this game was awful, but particularly in the first quarter and like the first half, I really enjoyed how Randall was scoring the ball. Just because of the sheer volume of different ways he was doing it. Um you know, he was he had like one of his trademark mid-range faders. Uh, he had a really nice like face up shot at one point where, you know, this, that one was actually in the second half where like he sort of faced his defender up, did almost like a mellow jab step a couple times and then, you know, took a step towards the baseline and then a step back and made a really nice shot from there, which is just like his money zone. I actually think I think that was exactly in the spot where there was the graphic from uh who is it today? Uh, one of the bigger national guys put out a, a graphic of like who has the most made shots of every zone on the court for this season. And Randall's zone is like if you're looking at it from the top down, uh, the left baseline on the side of the hoop, that's like his money spot uh, to make shots. Like he literally has the most shots made in that zone in the whole NBA this season. So made one in his money spot there. Had a nice catch and shoot three uh, at one point had another three where like he caught it, thought about what to do for a minute, had had Nikola Vucevic uh, switched on to him on the perimeter, sort of dribbled it a few times, thought about what to do, and then just popped a shot in his face. And that was his third straight make from three in the first quarter when he just kind of ignited and forced the Magic to take a timeout at that point. Of course, we now know the Magic would figure it out from there. But it, at that point, it looked almost like we were headed towards another uh, big Julius Randle performance and a Knicks blowout. And uh, let's see, other than that, you know, he had a few bully finishes inside. It was kind of just the total, other than drawing fouls, which maybe was questionable officiating to some degree, although the Knicks lost by so much in this game, like no amount of officiating was going to save them. Uh, but, you know, no free throws in this game. But otherwise, Gavin, I thought this was just another really nice, well-rounded Julius Randle scoring effort and just further proof that he's definitely worthy of being an all-star this year. Yeah, I I, I wrote it down, but it feels like I I need to go back and track this. It feels like his first shot of every game always goes in. And and it's like Mike Breen is like, Julius Randle off to another good start. And, And I feel like I'm hearing that every single game. He's so automatic at this point. It becomes, I mean, it's kind of like cliche at this point when we say, when we say we don't appreciate enough, but it's true. 
we, we never really appreciated it enough. Um, had, had that three possession run of like the tough mid range shot, the pick and roll with uh, Nerlens Noel, which may, I'd have to go back and watch it, but I'm I'm surprised they didn't they didn't go to that more. Maybe the Magic just started dropping hard on on Randall, or they didn't play Randall and Noel together for a lot more minutes. But the first time they ran that, um, Nerlens Noel got an easy dunk. I'm like, how do you really guard that if your center isn't particularly mobile? Because at this point, you can't just drop on Randall. He's gonna he's gonna hit that elbow jumper open um, or or semi open every single time. With someone doing like a backside closeout, um, if Vucevic comes up on him and then someone helps on Noel and like kind of chips him, Randall's just gonna whip it into into the corner to a shooter. Um, and if you don't guard Noel, then Randall's just gonna lob it to him. I, I guess the thing is like Peyton's man would just be the one to help, but you you run that play with with Emmanuel quickly in there and like two other shooters. Like I, I I'm not really sure what a defense with that like a high level defensive center does against that. Um. Anyways, and then right after that pick and roll, he came down, hit a three. So it was like back to back to back, 13 points in the first nine minutes. Had a crazy layup on his final shot. Um, Alex, I'll, I'll give you credit. You've you've consistently referred to him as sort of the poor man LeBron uh, on the Knicks this year. I'm I'm coming around to that comparison. Like his ability to just like work through traffic, which is what we saw like a young LeBron do throughout his whole um initial tenure in Cleveland, where they didn't have a lot of surrounding talent, they didn't have a lot of shooting. It's it's pretty analogous to the Knicks' current situation, but he was just so physical, so athletic, had such good touch, was so smart that he he made he made um, lemon – what is it, lemonade out of lemons? Uh, why am I forgetting that phrase? He made – Yeah, make, uh, make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, okay, there we go. It's just like I'm trying – When to, life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Right, okay. I think my issue with the anal- – with that um, – and that analogy is lemons aren't that bad. Or, or is it a metaphor? I don't know. Um, but le- lemons are good. I like lemons. Anyways, um, he was he's really good. And he has some LeBron-esque moments just in terms of his ability to bounce off contact. And, and again, his, his touch, I, I think this is something that I underappreciated in, in Randall last year. It's just ridiculous. And if you were, as to your credit, Alex, as you did last offseason and throughout the season, if you were to make the case before this year that Randall could eventually become a good three-point shooter, there wasn't a lot of like obvious data that supported that. I, I noted in our Locked On Now video, he had just, one season before this one where he shot over 30% from three and it was just 34% that one year in new Orleans. Um, so I was, I was like, I'm looking at that. I'm like, there's no chance. Um, but his touch was so good. There was always a chance that once he got uh, to use a Fisdaleism, a uh, right physically and, and, and had the, the core strength, I guess, to get that three point shot off the same way he got his, um, his mid range shot off that he could make those shots. And we're seeing it now where he's, turned himself into just a light set shooter. Uh, Stephen Bondi uh, had a tweet that for his career, Randall averages exactly half a three per game. And he's made something like 10 to what is it? Is it 11 now over the last two games? No, 10 over the last two games. Just nuts. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, speaking of getting strong, building a strong core to be able to shoot three pointers, that reminds me of today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, which you can eat if you want to get big and strong like Julius Randall. That's because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And, you know, if I tell you that they're even deliciouser than ever before, I don't know if you believe me, but it is true. Particularly the new coconut brownie chunk bars. I just had one the other day. Stupidly good. They're so yummy. Uh, Real chunks of brownie on top of the bar. Uh, That yummy coconut flavor. And I swear they made it 
they made the filling even lighter in that particular bar. So it's like, I don't know. It's got like a, it's like a three musketeers made out of coconut with like brownie bits on top. Fantastic. Tastes just like a candy bar. That flavor of course, of course, joins some other great flavors like cookies and cream, coconut almond, peanut butter, mint brownie, salted caramel, toffee almond, peanut butter brownie, all kinds of great flavors out there for you. All built bars are covered in 100% natural chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. So they really do give you that candy bar experience without all the candy bar guilt. Also, built bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. For example, the coconut almond bar, one of my personal favorites, has 18 grams of protein compared to just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Or the cookies and cream bar, another one of my favorites, has 17 grams of protein compared to just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So if you want to pick up some Built Bars for yourself and ignite your post-workout, help build some muscles, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We'll be back in just a sec on Locked On Knicks for the third and final segment. But first, we want you to go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members. They recently had our boss, the great Utah Jazz broadcaster David Locke on the podcast. All the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get podcasts. All right, Alex, third and final segment. We mentioned it. This was just a dismal game. We talked about the one bright shining light in Julius Randle. We talked about Derrick Rose being bad. We talked about Emmanuel quickly being bad. We talked about Obi Toppin mostly being absent, RJ being good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of painting you into a corner here, but I feel like sort of, sort of how Julius Randle has to succeed uh, without a lot of room. Maybe that's where you're at your best, Alex. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> this is probably going to like, people are going to think that I'm like tied up in a basement and like secretly asking for help right now or something. But Alfred Payton had kind of a good game and I almost kind of wanted to see him get back in. <laughs> All right, Alex. I'm I'm calling 911 right now. Don't worry about it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was. uh, I mean, I guess that's a note to touch on. Um, You know, I I thought that Peyton actually played pretty well. Like he was. I guess he was kind of just like the lesser of a bunch of evils in this game. Like he was not looking for others nearly as much as he should which was not good, but he was at least scoring somewhat efficiently, which is good. Um, you know, his five assists led the team. I honestly could not pick out five assists by him, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I don't remember a single one. I do remember him looking off some people uh, to go for, like, isolation looks, like, at the end of the first half, which is just kind of unacceptable because, like, Peyton should not be taking – he was tied for third on the team in shots in this game. And just, I don't think he should ever be that despite Wally Zerbiak's stupid stat of like, I don't know what it is now, but like if Elver Payton makes more than five field goals, the Knicks are whatever and whatever. And it was like 11 and three coming into tonight or something like, yeah, no kidding. Like when the point guard can score, 
you know, and actually put some pressure on the defense, then that's good. But quickly normally does that on most nights. So anyway, not to turn this into quickly versus Alfred again, but you know, I thought that he was, he, it was probably one of his better games, particularly when you consider like, I thought this was easily, I mean, there's no question. This is Derek Rose's worst game with the Knicks so far. Like, this one gave me bad flashbacks to first Knicks tenure Derrick Rose because I thought that he was all the good stuff that he had been doing for the last few games and how he was, you know, pushing tempo with the bench unit, looking for his teammates consistently, taking smart shots, um, you know, just generally, I think, making the right call most of the time just kind of went out the window in this game. Um, he surprisingly only, he only had one turnover, but I feel like his shot selection should have almost counted as turnovers because there was just some where he was taking those, like suck the air out of the room, mid range shots that, you know, after like the third one didn't go in, you just wanted to be like, all right, man, stop shooting, please like do us all a favor. Stop shooting that mid range shot at this point. You know, that's sort of one of the things we talked about, like with Randall, what that, Randall has has had that awareness this year of like if he doesn't have it, he just stops shooting, um, you know. And, and I think that that's something that Rose needed a little dose of in this game because he did not have it. Um, but you know, whatever. Yeah, here I am. This game was so miserable that I, I'm literally singing Alfred Payton's praises to some degree uh, I'll, in this game. I'll bring a degree of normalcy, Alex. I get very upset okay. when he when he misses lobs. In transition, uh, people were, were, were pointing out to me that he missed RJ a couple of times. There was one to to Noel where Noel was just running like straight down straight down Main Street, and and Elf just he, he didn't even he didn't he just didn't recognize it. He didn't he didn't think it's not like he saw it. Maybe sometimes you'll see a point guard see something a second too late, and and, and honestly, and like make a good judgment call to be like, damn, I missed that, but not not turn two mistakes into one and just say, all right, I'm gonna pull it out. I got you next time, big guy. Elf just misses it. It feels like every single time. Do, do you think I, – I, I don't I, – I wish I had the um, the stat on this right right away so I could have you guess and give you an answer. But do you think Alfred Payton is connected on over-under like nine lobs this year for dunks? I feel like the number is right around that. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it was more than that, uh, particularly if Noel is out there. I mean – yeah, Elf, Elf looked bad with the lobs and everything. Noel, another person, it just kind of made me want to vomit in this game. It was just one of those that it, it was a bad Noel game. Like, we've seen good Noel the last couple games to some degree. Like, enough that, you know, there was a sequence in the last game where he basically won the Knicks the game with those uh, couple blocks and the the one jumper that he made and all that stuff like that. That basically won the Knicks their game the other day. In this game, I just felt like, the guy just can't hold on to anything. It's like every time, every time the ball is coming to him, like for a rebound, it's like, he's trying to handle a cat that's falling from there. That's like trying to scratch his face or something. Like the ball hits his hands and he's like surprised by it. And then like has to bobble it like three times before he can finally get his hands on the damn ball. And I just, I don't understand it. Um, It's, it's very weird to me. And he has just horrendous hands. I was not a huge fan of the game that Noel played, despite the fact that, like, counting stats-wise, it looks okay. You know, I guess, like, six points, nine rebounds, three of seven shooting. Never mind, that doesn't even look that good. (laughs) No center should be shooting three of seven, particularly not one with Noel's role in the offense. No blocks in this game either. Uh, Yeah, I I didn't like his game. It wasn't good. Um, 
it, this game made me really miss Mitch a lot because, you know, I, I don't think that Vucevic even really did that well. He shot 8 of 24 for the game. Like, that was bad, but he did get 16 rebounds. Um, he also, he missed so many open three. He was, he was just short on every jumper. Yeah, he had a case of whatever the rest of the Knicks had. <laughs> yeah, um, they all caught the same thing. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I'm starting to run out of steam, man. everything is depressing in this game it's so funny because we'll we'll go a little inside baseball these podcasts per our per our bosses are supposed to be 22 to 28 minutes and we're we're at 33 minutes right now and we're like oh my god i feel so guilty i don't we can't make it longer this this sucks i don't know what we're doing wrong and it's already it's already theoretically too long uh last well let's make the bosses happy then (laughs) all right right, very very last thing i can't i can't i can't be within 10 minutes of what they want i'm I'm, I'm a rebel at heart um very last thing uh i was just watching this game i was just thinking like how much obi toppin would have benefited if the knicks had somehow found a way to get chris paul this summer um and it was the same thing with the lobs like rose just complete who's generally been good about hitting him but just completely missed him on one and OB, I mean, it's very similar to Mitch, where he he absolutely needs a point guard who who one can thread the needle on, on some of those lob passes, and two is confident enough to actually pull the trigger and it and has the uh, the onions to to use our, our Macri term to to try and pull it off because he loses out on I would say four to six points a night missing those and I, well that's what made him so good on Dayton last year was he had really high level passing teammates and obviously they could all shoot and they were spread out and they were playing. Uh, far less athletic defenders than he's facing on the Knicks. So there's a myriad of factors at play, but I, I just think Obi Toppin could be far more effective with a better point guard. And, and he's the guy at this point in his NBA career where his shot creation uh, ability is so, or he's so bereft of that quality at this point. Uh, that would that would be an essential factor for him. But also a quick shout out to Obi Toppin, who absolutely steamrolled Nikola Vucevic when he tried to back him down with like two, three minutes left in this one. And you could tell, Booch was just frustrated. He was having a crummy night. Maybe he sensed that he was he was losing his uh, pending All Star berth to Julius Randle, and, and he just tried to bulldoze um, an easy top, an easy an easy target. Excuse me, in Obi Toppin. I'm trying to turn every rookie's name into a pun. Um, and Toppin like stood him up and blocked the shot. And, and obviously, Booch thought he got fouled, but seemed like a really good bit of defense. Probably the single best defensive player of the year. We've seen so far from Obi Toppin, and and it was it was important to see because it was it was I think the first time all season, at least during the regular season, that Toppin's been in there at center, and it was only for the final literally two minutes of the game when the game was already over. So I don't think it meant much. I don't think Tibbs is going to go to that in the near future. But if Noel strings together a couple of bad games, certainly with Randall out there, like someone who can kind of support him, if if another team just has a physical behemoth. Um, I would, I wouldn't mind a few more minutes of that. Just, just to kind of see it, especially on nights where they're really struggling for offense. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think, uh, I think it was pretty decent, uh, of, you know, the, the game for Obi. And I, I think that he got, I think in a game where the Knicks were missing energy from a lot of different places, he actually brought some decent energy and then wasn't getting rewarded for it. Like guys didn't have their head up to see him kind of like running in transition and stuff like that. And I, I think that he just got kind of left out in the cold in that respect. So yeah, shout out to Obi Toppin. A good game for him, but all right, I'm ready to make the bosses happy. You ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Do I'm done. Yeah. I'm finished with this game. I can't do it anymore. It's over. It's over. All right. This has been locked on Nick's peace out. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>